Mark chapter 1, 35 and 39. I want us to read it together. You can read it from your hand out, or if you have a Bible, you can read it from your Bible. Mark 1, 35 to 39. I will start. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his uh, companion went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you, Jesus replied. Let us go somewhere else, to nearby village, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in the synagogue and driving out demons. This is the word of God. Let us have a seat. Today, I'm going to be continuing the sermon series on potency of prayer. For the past two weeks, Pastor Ken has been doing a wonderful job giving us an idea what prayer is all about. He started the prayer on purpose of prayer. Why do we need to pray? Then last, yesterday, last week, he preached on the power of prayer. And one thing that stood out of me from that is, there's nothing like a weak prayer. God will still answer. And I carry that all along. But today, I'm going to be looking at what I call the priority of prayer. When I find time to pray. When do we need time to pray? Prayer is a communication line with God and a place of intimacy with him, our refuge from the storm of life. I would say prayer is like a code. We have what we call computer language, a machine language that each computer listens to. The, we have made, we, we are creation from the Lord, and the only way we can communicate to him is through prayer. And I always tell to people that we all pray, regardless of our faith, Regardless of what we believe, everybody pray. Because that is the communication line between human beings and God. But what actually makes difference is how we pray, what we pray, and who we pray to. For us as a believer, we pray to the living God. Someone say amen to that? We pray to believer. We pray to the living God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray in the name of Jesus. That makes difference in us. Regardless of your faith, regardless of who you are, we all pray. Many times when things happen, those people that call themselves unbelievers, the first thing they say, oh God, it's prayer. Because the Bible says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But what makes difference is what we pray and who we pray to. You know, I want to ask a question, a practical question. How many of us have a friend that always call you when they need help? And how do you make you feel? They don't call you any other day. They only call you to say, oh, I need this. Oh, we have family member. They never call you to ask of you, but they only call you. I have some of them. And sometimes I get a little bit frustrated, but I still answer them. But the good news is this. Regardless of how you call God, he will still answer you. How many of us have friends that they pick up the phone, they just want to talk with us? 
They talk for hours. I just want to know how you're doing. How is your dog doing? How is your neighbor doing? How is everything doing? What kind of relationship do we have with those people? They're very strong and cordial. And it's an experience. It's no more a relationship. It's an experience. It's no more just a call. And we're always eager to pick up their phone, considering the first set of people that when they call you is only for, I need something. That's the level of relationship we have with God. But like I just said, with what Pastor Ken preached last week, he said, regardless of how you pray, God always answers. But what makes it different is how the first one is based on needs. The second one is based on relationship. And that's the level God wants us to be. If you believe that, say amen. amen. You know, if you're still in that process of you only pick up a call to God and say, God, I want to pay my bill. You, you, that's what you'll get. But when you call God, you praise him, you get to the next level. I was so fortunate to grow up in a, a Christian home where prayer is a priority. One of the things that's happened in my home every morning is by 6 o'clock, you'll wake up for a morning prayer, no matter how late you sleep. And this is the way culture I grew up with. And at 9.30, wherever you are in, in that city, you must be in the house to pray. There's a consequence, but nobody ever failed, failed that, that consequence. But this is a, is a tradition that was passed from my grandparents to my parents and passed us to me. And uh, when I moved out of the house, I was living with a friend of mine, then some of us know him, he's in the Gateway North, and Shay. And they're my roommate in the university. And at 9.30, I said, let us pray. They look at me so weird. <laughs> because they're not used to that in their house. Because this has become part of my life, praying. And this is the way I was so fortunate with that. And I grew up seeing my mother going to one prayer meeting to the other. She was a part of this organization called the Christian Association of Nigeria, the Women Fellowship. And their goal is to go to different places and pray to God. They prioritize prayer. As a young boy, I don't like it because I have to be going with this bunch of women to places to pray. They will shoot on the handbag. I remember very well in around 1982, there was this military uh, takeover or coup that happened in Nigeria. And these women, they gathered almost 20,000 of them. They would go to Babich. There's a place, beach. My experience, first experience to beach is a place of prayer, not a place of, you know, to relax, right? And all these women, we gather together with children, old and small. And they'll prioritize prayer. And the purpose of their prayer is not for their own needs. It's for the needs of the country. Because the country, prior to that coup, there was a, the first coup that happened in Nigeria led to a civil war. Thousands of people died. And in order to prevent that, this bunch of women, they prioritize prayer. They set the time, side time, their place of work for prayer. My mother was a very busy person. She was so busy because she has six children, and we have another six children living with us, and she has a sewing mistress, which is an, she has other apprentices, people learning the trade 
over 20 of them. But she would still find time to go and pray in this prayer meeting. Those are the things that shaped my life. I always count myself as one of those fortunate believers that have that opportunity. I always tell people this. The problem in this generation about the declining in prayer is not about, the problem is we don't have enough people to mentor others to pray. I was mentored to pray. And the problem we have right now, the declining in prayer in this generation is lack of mentor. I want to encourage parents here. When there's a time for prayer, please take your children there. Don't say it's for adult. I wasn't enjoying it, but I still look. My kids can testify. There's a time for prayer. They have to know. We have to understand that in order to grow a prayer for people for this generation, we have to mentor them. Jesus said, my house is the house of prayer. Looking at our Bible passage we read, Jesus, which is our perfect mentor, prior to this incident, the the disciple have never seen a rabbi taking time off to go and pray somewhere. Jesus modeled that. And they saw that in Jesus. And that's why they were surprised to ask Jesus, where have you been? Because most rabbis, we should remember that Andrew was with, uh, 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 with John before he came to Jesus. They've been with some other rabbi. But they saw something different with Jesus. And Jesus came to model prayer. And we can see the relationship of his prayer in the next verse. Jesus is not praying for himself. And the action of his prayer is what he did in the next verse. He went to a next town. He said, let us leave this place and go to the next town. That is the relationship God wants us to have in prayer. Prayer is one of the most important things that God wants us to be. I want us to pause right now. And just think about what kind of relationship do I, what, what do I, how do I pray? Is my prayer, is it all about my needs or picking up a phone to God and say, God, this is how my day is going. Yeah. Take a pause and think about that. Yeah. You know, we, we live in a very busy world. Where our schedule, I feel, with a lot of uh, activity, tax, commitment. But in the midst of this, God wants us to prioritize prayer. God wants us to take a moment and pray. And think about prayer as a part of our life. Not as something that I have to only do on Sunday. And we can see in the book of Luke... Chapters 5, verse 16. The Bible talks about Jesus withdrawing to pray. I have an habit here. I schedule a particular time on my phone, time for prayer. And it could be maybe for one minute, just pause and say, God, this is what is going on. You know what, what, where I learned that from? I grew up in a, a country where there's a Muslim and a Christian. And I went to a meeting one time, and there was a Muslim brother there. He said, he has to keep everybody waiting because he wants to go and pray. But I now remember that we Christians, we don't prioritize prayer that way. But that's the way God wants us to do. We need to prioritize prayer. 
We don't need to find a place and say like those, you know, just like the Jesus was talking about the, the story, the way we read about when Jesus went to a quiet place in the morning to pray. The rabbi then, they would go to synagogue to pray. But Jesus was modeling towards that. We need to prioritize prayer. Find a time in the morning to pray. If Jesus can prioritize prayer, we need to do so. Because Jesus, there's a song that says, prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. For us to connect to the heavenlies, we need to prioritize prayer. Pastor Ken emphasizing, emphasize the importance of partnering with God. And prayer serves as a purpose in order to, to do that. In order to meet our goal, we need to do that. There was a famous hymn that was wrote, well, that was written many years, that said, What a friend we have in Jesus. All are seen and grief he bears. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. He said, Oh, what a peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we did not take things to God in prayer. Joseph M. Scriven wrote that song. He was an Irish immigrant that lived in a place called Port of Hope. He came to Canada. Proud to his coming to Canada, in the eve of his wedding, he was driving with his wife on the horse, and the wife fell and drowned in the water. And after that, this man decided to get married again. Few months to this wedding, the second wife died. And this man moved to Canada and begins to do the work of God. And while he was working for God selflessly, he went to this place where, into the, in the port of hope, among the impoverished widow, the sick people, taking care of people that need hope, people that need life, he was helping them. And one day, Joseph became sick, and his friend came to him. And while the friend was visiting him, he saw this poem, which is this book, the, a popular hymn that we read. We are reading now, or we're singing, and everybody knows it very well. And his friend said, who wrote this? He said, Jesus and I wrote this. And he explained to his friend that in the midst of his trouble, he found comfort in prayer. You know, maybe you're going through something right now. Prayer is the way of your refuge. Prayer is that place where you can find comfort in God and tell God about what you're going through. We're all going to go through something in life. Nobody is created perfectly. We have one issue or the other. But that's the way we are created. You can't run away from the trouble of life. But it's different from each of us. And the Bible says, we have a lovely God say, He said, there's no temptation that's come to you that's not come to order. But God is there. He's so there to help you. And for him to help you, you have to come to him to that place of prayer. We can see that in the life of that man. Even in the midst of what he was going through, he separated time. You shouldn't squeeze your time to pray. You shouldn't say, oh, I need to pray. I need to come to church quickly. Prayer should be part of your life. I remember the days that my parents would come back from home. Before they even do anything, they would pray to thank God. Before they eat, they would pray. 
Before they go to bed, they will pray. But now we're losing that because we're too distracted. We should not be too busy. It's about creating an intentional time with God. You can start now while we're sitting down. I want you to reflect about your prayer and how you pray. Be intentional about it. The way you are intentional about your workplace, the way you are intentional about getting food, the way you are intentional about exercise, I want you to be intentional about prayer. Some of us have a, we, I remember Gateway when we have a, a place called the prayer furnace. How many of us are here? The, we, we remember prayer furnace here. Prayer furnace. You know, Gateway Church have a, a place of 24 hours prayer. That was in a whole building there. There's a little house there that people take shift. You know, Rogers used to, I used to come before Roger every night around uh, uh, 12.30. I, I got there by around uh, between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. in the night. You know, there's always people going there. And those are what we call priority to prayer. You know, but now the church is moving to, we're in the north now. The prayer tower is being built. It's going to be another opportunity for us to do so. But these are the time that you find time to pray. For some of us that grew up in country where we do Naiviji, I know many of us that are here today, some Nigerians. How many of you go to Naiviji to get visa to Canada? How many of us go to this 24 day? You know, even though you're doing it for a purpose, it's still about prioritizing prayer. Last week, gateway is, we call a time of prayer for God to provide our, our daily bread. It's a time we prioritize to pray. And the more you prioritize the prayer, the more prayer becomes a habit in our life. I want to tell you something. Devil cannot prevent you from praying. Devil does not have that power. Do you know what he can do? He can distract you. Because devil also understand that prayer is the language between man and God. You guys, oh, I can't pray because devil say I can't, you know, pray. No, that's a lie. We can pray because prayer is the vocal language between us and God. Yeah. Regardless of your language, regardless of how you speak it, devil cannot stop you from that, but he cannot distract you. And when we talk about prioritizing prayer... One of the biggest, biggest hindrances to prioritizing prayer is distraction. Yeah. How many of us believe that? <laughs> yeah. Everyone experienced that. I do. Even in the days of Adam and Eve. You know, human being, you know, devil understood that to distract human being. I want to do a Bible quiz this morning. I don't want pastor to answer. Maybe he might know it. The question is this, where was Adam when Eve ate the fruit? Any answer, chorus answer? What? Right beside her. That's right. I know people are here in the church right now. You might be distracted. Sometimes I'm like that. I'm in the church, but my mind is not there. Adam was right there. Probably was distracted at the color of the flower. <laughs> was distracted about the movement of the sheep, right? Of the shade. Distraction. 
And devil came and said to him. And the Bible said he gave, she gave to her husband that was being her. That's why the Bible, we knew that Adam was beside. There was this idea about Adam went out and when he came back, he already saw Eve. No, that's another distraction from the devil. Right? Adam was there. While we are praying, we need to guard against distraction. Distraction comes in different forms during prayer. Distraction could be voluntarily. It could be involuntarily. Distraction could be demonic also. Because the Bible talks about uh, Prince of Persia. The Bible talks about uh, power in the heavenlies. These are things that distract us from prayer. Because devil knows that he cannot stop us from praying. But he can only distract us from praying. While I was preparing this message, I come across some of the distractions that, that we come across daily. Our thought. We're here today. Some people are planning about their grocery. They're planning about their next meal. That's distraction. Your thought is somewhere else. Sometimes my thought is about my, I love soccer. And sometimes I'm praying, we're, we're, we're praying my team, I'm thinking about my team. I know some people mind is about bomber game now, right? Yeah. That's distraction. Go bombers. Go bombers. <laughs> you know, there's a room for us to think about all those things. God brings those things in our mind to refresh. But when we come to the presence of God, please don't let us be distracted. We need to fight against those distractions. Emotions. People are distracted by the way they feel anxiety. They are praying and they are not even thinking about the prayer is going to be answered. They, are, they have, they are, and Jesus said, you should not be anxious for nothing. You are praying to God, oh God, I want this to be healed. But you are not thinking, oh, what about if I don't get healed this way? What about if I die when I get healed? That's anxiety. Those are the things that the way devil distract us. Memories. During the place of prayer, so memory will just come. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody said something to you. It could be a loving memory or your honeymoon memory. It could be a very loving, it could be an even dark memory. You know, those are things that we have to guide our heart against while we're praying. Fantasy. Oh, about, oh, I want to watch a particular, I'm thinking about Disney World. You're praying. You know, all these things in that distract us from, pray, from, 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 from prayer. Visual images. While we're praying, we're looking into... So some people will pray and we're still watching TV. Playing on a video game. Praying. We can pray anyhow, but we need to prioritize prayer. Because when you focus in prayer, it grows your relationship with God. Every other way you're praying, God will still answer. We should not forget that your, your, the, the weakness in prayer does not repel your God. Does not stop God from answering you. But to have a relationship with God, we need to focus. We need to prioritize prayer. Desire. We are praying for these and we desire something else. That's, we, need to, we need to stop that. We need to pray. We need to guide ourselves from that. Attitude. Believe. Those are the distractions. Some of the distractions here. Impulse. You know... One of the most common distractions we have in this modern world. Yes. Can somebody tell me? 
cell phone. Cell phone. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes in the, I'm, I will confess this. There's a preaching going on or prayer. When I'm looking at what the scores of my team. I'm, I'm guilty of that. How many of us are guilty of that? When the prayer meeting, we are looking into our email, text message, checking status. But those are the things that distract us from praying. I'll give you a little statistics about cell phone here right now. Average America check their phone 352 times a day. Can we pause for 350 times and pray and just say, thank you, Jesus, for that? <laughs> 71 people, 71% of people spend more time on their phone than their partner. How many of us believe that? Yeah. Almost two-thirds of children have a cell phone. How many, children have a, how many people know that their children have cell phone yet? And how many students, you know, my kids have been disturbing me. The Christmas gift, they want the cell phone. <laughs> but I know, uh, <laughs> it's not an excuse. Uh, we're going to get a new phone, we give you a whole phone. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so 44% of American adults admitted that if they're not with their phone, they get anxious. Yeah. They have anxiety. You know, to tell you how devil have distracted us. 20% of car accidents happen because of cell phone. Cell phone is a wonderful tool. They're good. I love it. I have an iPhone Note 23. It's just like a computer. I can do everything there. Even with the word of AI, there's a lot you can do. But don't let them control you. Don't let devil use it as a distraction in the place of prayer. God wants to communicate with us. God wants to speak with us. The language God understands is prayer. And we cannot communicate with our maker except we prioritize that prayer. What are the way out? We must guard our heart. We must constantly guide in our hearts, bringing our heart back to where God, we're in the place of prayer right now. You have to speak to your heart. You know, some people saying Jesus' temptation was imagination, but some people say devil actually came. I don't have the answer, but what I know is Jesus corrected. He guarded himself. He said, "Get behind me, Satan." Satan will always come to distract us, but we have to say to the devil, "Get behind me." Sometimes we have to even eat ourselves and say, devil, get out. I, I read a story about Smith Wugusworth. He said one day he was praying. He now saw the devil came into his room and scattered everything. And he was now, God, why is the devil doing this? And God, God said to him, no, you have the authority. Tell the devil to get out. And he told the devil to get out. And he came back to normal. His prayer time come back to normal. We have to guide our heart. In 1 Samuel said, as for me, far be to me that I should sin against God without wit, against the Lord by failing to pray. When you fail to pray, you're sinning against God. 
I don't know that. I knew that through this Bible. If you don't tell God about your day, that's why my father, my grandfather, they wake up in the morning, tell God about their day. They grow up, when they, when they go, go back home, they told God about their day. Before they eat, they thank God before, before they eat. They, they do everything. But we live in a generation where we are not doing that. And our children are not seeing that. There was a young girl that came to our house one day. And we're doing a night devotion. We pray. And we're now saying the Lord's Prayer. And the kids now say, how come my dad didn't teach me all this thing? I said, maybe your dad um, forgot. But I want us as a family of God here right now. I want us to think about the next generation. Because if we don't prioritize prayer, our next generation will not do so. Because they don't, you are not teaching them. How would they know what you don't teach them? That's why we need to, the Samuel said here, for you not to sin against God, you need to pray. And we need to guide our heart. The second thing, in order not to get distracted from prayer, is we need to take prayer as a priority. We need to take prayer as a priority before God. Like, we need to set time apart. Set time apart to pray. Devote yourself in prayer. Colossians, Paul urges in the book of Colossians chapter 4, he said, I hold you, brethren, devote yourself to prayer. Because when you devote yourself to prayer, you're helping yourself. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, attributed success. It's like my success is not in the eloquence of my word. It's not the way I preach. But my success is a prayer. The time, amount of time I spend with God. If you want to be successful in life, it's not about what you do. It's about how you connect with your maker. Finally, the way out is ask Jesus, ask God to help you. We remember in the Bible when the disciple of Jesus came to Jesus and said, please teach us how to pray. We have to constantly ask God, God, please teach us how to pray. Because that's the way out. We cannot do it by himself. Said, teach, and Jesus gave them the model of prayer, which is called the Lord's Prayer. Said, our Father, praise God first. That is it. In conclusion, as we come to close, Matthew 6, 6 when we pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. When your father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. You know, in conclusion, prayer should, couldn't, should, it's not about showing up everybody. You, you, you find a place to pray. I want to encourage us this morning. If there's anything you have to take home is God is looking for people to model the next generation how to pray. And God is entrusting that in your hand. Teach your children how to pray. Teach your friends how to pray. And God is limited. There's one Bible, one person quote something said, God will not do anything except we, we ask him. He has a plan to do it. But the moment you ask him, he's going to accelerate it. 
we need to pray. We need to set prioritize prayer. Therefore, let us elevate our, our prayer life. Let us turn our, let, let us be addicted to prayer. The way we are addicted to our cell phone. Somebody say amen. amen. Let us be addicted to prayer. The way we are addicted to Asna game. The way we are addicted to, to Bomber game. Bomber is going to win today. In Jesus name. <laughs> but let us addicted to prayer. Let us look back. The way, the way our forefathers did prayer, they pray at every moment of their life. Yes. 